lawyer by training, writer and teacher by choice. Originally from New York, I am a proud wife and mother living in Los Angeles. Join me as we delve into the Holy Torah's teachings and apply them to our lives. I keep it short and sweet, but always deep. Welcome. Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This is Jenna and I'm very excited for this week's talk. So in the ethics of our fathers, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zachai, who was a great Talmudic sage and leader, once sent his students out into the world to figure out the best advice for living a righteous and fulfilling life. And all of his students came back with different answers, but one of his students, Rabbi Eliezer ben Horkinus, returned from his travels and reported, I have searched and I found that the best advice is to develop an eye in tov, a good eye. So that's what I want to speak about today, having a good eye. And I'm going to be working mostly off of a book called Positivity Bias, Practical Wisdom for Positive Living Inspired by the Life and Teachings of the Lubavitcher Rebbe by Mendel Kalmanson. And it's a great book. I highly recommend it. And this week happens to be the Lubavitcher Rebbe's 26-yard site, Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson. He was the last Chabad Rebbe. And I hope that these teachings will, will elevate his soul. This topic is actually very appropriate because the Lubavitcher Rebbe had this positivity bias, hence the book. <laughs> he had a good eye, truly. Pulitzer Prize-winning novelist Herman Walk once referred to the Rebbe as the most optimistic Jew of our time. The Rebbe was unique because he saw the inherent goodness in every person, and he understood that each person had a unique role in this world. He was all about thinking good and doing good. People who went into Yechidus with him, Yechidus, it's like a private one-on-one meeting, they often remarked on his eyes. If you read his biographies, everyone remarked on his eyes, how special, warm, and kind they were. He literally had good eyes. And I want to just give some examples of, of how this was expressed. When people would, would comment on the state of American Jewry and how so many Jews were assimilating into American culture and shedding their Jewish identity, the Rebbe would focus on the mitzvahs that, that American Jews were doing. When people would condemn criminals, the Rebbe maintained that these people should not be cast away, but they should be rehabilitated and activated for good. And this was something he, he empowered people to work toward. He really saw the potential and strengths in people. And I have a, a little personal story um, told to me firsthand. There's a Rebbitson in the Valley of Los Angeles who has a business called Flying Colors. And it's really amazing. She does your color palette, meaning she can tell you kind of which colors suit you based on your hair color and your skin color. And it's really an amazing thing. But she told me when I met with her that before she started her business, she visited the Rebbe when he was alive. And he looked at her and he smiled at her and he said, you will succeed with Flying Colors. So what's going on here? The Baal Shem Tov, the founder of the Hasidic movement, says that you see what is inside of you. And this is why a Sadik, a righteous person like the Lubavitcher Rebbe, only sees righteousness and goodness in everyone because that's what's in him. Whereas most people, like myself, tend to see our faults mirrored in others. So Mendel Kamenson, uh, the author of this book, says, when your eye, your lens on life is good, what you see will be good no matter what. And of course, the opposite is also true. So I want to briefly discuss two parts in the Torah where we see a bad eye and the consequences of this. 
We just read in America, Parsha Shalach, and, and we spoke about the 12 Meraglim, the spies, and who, were, who went into the lands of Israel. So what happened was the Jewish people came out of Egypt. They're in the desert. Hashem said, I'm going to give you the lands of Israel. And they're about to go in to conquer the lands of Israel, and the people get scared. And they say, they ask Moshe, can we send in these, these um, spies to kind of like check out the land? So Rabbi Jonathan Sachs explains that in biblical Hebrew, there's two verbs that mean to spy, lachpor and laregel. And from the word laregel, we get the word meragling spies, which is how these men, the 12 men who were sent in, are referred to. However, what's interesting is that neither of these words appear in the Parsha. Instead, the men are not referred to as spies. They're, they're referred to as latour, tayar, like tourists. And Rabbi Sachs explains from the Malbim, a, a Torah commentator, that latour, to tour, means to seek out the good. Tourists go to a new place. They look at the beautiful, the majestic, the inspiring. They don't spend their time trying to find out what's bad. Whereas Lachpor and Laregal spies are the opposite. They're searching out a place's weaknesses and vulnerabilities. You know, that's what spying is. So the men were actually sent into Tor, not to spy. But unfortunately, 10 of the 12 men really did not want to go into the lands of Israel. They were afraid of losing their, their current leadership positions. And so when they went into the land, they went in with a bad eye to see everything they could see that was bad to then come and report back to the people. For instance, they saw many people like being dying and being buried. So they came back and said, like, this is a land where everyone's dying. But really, Hashem was causing the epidemic so the spies could go through the land unharmed. <laughs> so there are countless examples like this where their bad eye kind of distorted the reality of what was happening. And what was the consequence of the spies' bad eye was that the 10 out of the 12 who had a bad eye did not merit to enter the land of Israel, and they actually died in the wilderness. We see this again in this week's Parsha, Korach. Who was Korach? He was Moshe and Aaron's first cousin. He was from the tribe of Levi, highly intelligent, wealthy, and he was upset because Moshe didn't give him a big leadership position in the community. So him and his wife had a bad eye toward Moshe, and they, they just kept seeing the worst in him and assuming the worst, that he was he was trying to take the leadership positions for himself and his family and and he was making up Jewish law. And I mean, all of this is complete nonsense. Moshe was the most humble man. He didn't even want to be the leader of the Jewish people. So in the end, Korach's bad eye, he literally ended up being swallowed by the earth. So these are instances in the Torah now where we see warnings of what can happen when we have a bad eye. It can literally ruin our lives. And it can ruin our relationships as well. And this is why developing a good eye is so essential. So what does it mean to have a good eye? Mendel Kalman said in his book, Positivity Bias says that the essence of a good eye is the capacity to see God and the good in all. So this means, number one, that someone with a good eye will find positive interpretations of events and experiences. We've briefly spoken about this idea, Gamza Latova. This is also for the good. And, you know, to give you an extreme, extreme example of this, Holocaust survivors, right? Okay, so a lady named Dr. Edith Ager, she has a book called The Choice, Embrace the Possible, where she details the horrors of the Holocaust that she went through. She lost her parents in Auschwitz. She lost her family. And instead of of coming out as a victim, she she eventually chose to, to be a survivor. And instead of saying, why me? She said, what now? And she, I actually heard her speak recently regarding the coronavirus epidemic, and she said, 
There's no problems. There's only challenges. And there's no crises. There's only transitions. I mean, this is really a good, this is what a good eye is about, you know, going through through literal hell and being able to come out and see the good in, in what you went through and, and where you can go from here. And a similar anecdote that I want to share is my teacher, Sarah Rigler, wrote an amazing book, Holy Woman, which is a biography of a woman, Rebetzin Chaya Sarah Kramer. And one of the first times my teacher, Sarah, met Rebetzin Chaya Sarah Kramer, this, this woman was a Holocaust survivor, the Rebetzin, and she said to her, Auschwitz is, was not a bad place. And my teacher, Sarah Rigler, said, what? And she said, no. You know, there was a group of religious girls there. We stuck together. We kept all of the mitzvot we could. A bad place is a place where Jews can observe the mitzvot, but don't do them. <laughs> Just like, whoa, <laughs> talk about a change of perspective. You know, like she really, she had a good eye in the sense that she was in a hell, hellish situation, but she was able to see, okay, what can I do here? I can do mitzvot. That's a good thing. I mean, it's unbelievable. So of course, these are extreme examples, but we can apply this idea of having a good eye toward events, you know, in the most mundane occurrences in our lives. You know, just to give a quick personal example, we had a flat tire and my husband went to go to go um, change it to replace it at the shop. And he was he came back like two hours later with no new tire. <laughs> I was like, what happened? You know, I was so frustrated. And he said, oh, you know, the t- it turns out we need all four tires replaced and he needs to order them and I'm going to go back tomorrow. And at first I was so frustrated. I felt like it was such a waste of time. Like, why couldn't that all be figured out ahead of time? You know, why, why, like, couldn't you have like, couldn't he have gotten them in now? I don't know. I just was like very frustrated, but then I'm like, you know what? This is also for the good. And even though I don't see it, maybe this is for the good. I I said that to myself. And then I said to him, why don't you just call one other shop to see? Maybe they have something in stock today. We can go. And he called the other shop and he told the man what tires he was meant to pick up at this original shop. And the man said, oh, those tires aren't going to hold up your car. You know, so imagine if he, if he had stayed at that other shop and waited longer for these other tires and let him change the, and put on the bad tires. I mean, God, you know, it would, it would not have been good. So, so thank God he went and returned without, without a new tire from that shop. And it was also for the good, you know, so there's so many examples like this in our everyday lives. And it, it goes from the most mundane to, to the most significant, you know, not getting a job that we wanted. Okay, this is also for the good. Something better will, will come along. And same with, you know, finding our, our zivug, our, our beshert in life, you know? Okay, you broke up. It's so painful. But you know what? There's somebody out there that's that's right for me and better for me, and, and I'm going to meet him. And, you know, we see this now with COVID, you know? I can easily read to you a whole narrative of what's gone on since since COVID started, of how bad everything's been. And then I could also read you a narrative since COVID's gone on of how of how many blessings have come from this. And, you know, a lot of people I've spoken to said, you know, as hard as this has been, it's been such a blessing in, in certain ways. I've gotten to spend more time with my family. I've been able to slow down and, and kind of reassess and introspect. So there's always... As, as there's always something good that can be seen in any any event or, or circumstance in our life. And somebody who possesses this is somebody who has a good eye. Okay, so number two, someone with a good eye will judge others and ourselves in the most favorable light. And this can actually be tricky because of an idea called perception bias, where when we don't like somebody or we have a theory about him or her, we constantly interpret her behavior to conform to our misperception. Okay, so for instance, 
there's someone I knew in my own life who was very critical and controlling. And because of this, I developed an idea early on that she didn't really like me or care about me. So every time she would do something, I would think, oh, see, there she goes, making this insensitive comment. She must really not care about me. And it was actually really taking a toll on me and, and the people around me. At a certain point, I came across this amazing, amazing book that I highly recommend called Awareness by Miriam Adahan. I'm going to link to it below. And it's based on the Enneagram personality system, which is an ancient system with nine personality types. And basically through reading this book, I realized that my tendency is to be overly sensitive and take things personally, whereas this this woman's tendency is to offer constructive criticism and often like can be a little controlling or critical as a way of wanting to help. You know, it's coming from a good place. So I was able to th- see things from a more objective perspective and I began to stop taking her words and actions so personally. I realized this is who she is and I would tell myself, I don't need to react unconsciously to her unconscious behavior. And I would also tell myself she's doing the best she can. You know, Rebbe Nachman of Breslov, another great um, Hasidic leader, has a teaching called looking for the good points. And he says you can always find at least one good point in someone, even if you dislike them. And we also need to look for the good points in ourselves. But in the case that I just mentioned... I, fo- I, I not only stopped taking it so personally, her behavior, but I focused on how she was helpful. That was her good point. And over time, I actually lightened up and our relationship improved and she became less critical. So we've all heard the saying, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So what's so incredible here is that I not only changed myself but with having a good eye, but through focusing on the good in her, I actually helped her to reveal more of her goodness. So I changed her as well. And the Baal Shem Tov, he says, the more you condition yourself to look for the good in others, the more good in others you will see. So I think this is really empowering and incredible. Um, I know it's not easy work, but if we can practice having a good eye toward others, we can actually like change our dynamic with them and um, really bring out the good in them and in ourselves. So putting this into practice. So to repeat, Someone with a good eye sees the God and good in events and in people around us. And how, how can we express this? We can express this through Hakar Satov, gratitude, which literally means to see the good, Hakar Satov. So gratitude is a vehicle through which we can express our good eye and, and we, can, we can develop it. So we need to literally count our blessings and there's so much to be grateful for all the time. And my teacher, Sario Havid Riggler, teaches that you should write down five new things every day that you are grateful for or say them in your head, thank Hashem, whatever, for five new things that you're grateful for every day. And I've done this on and off over the years. And I can honestly say that it really trains your brain to look for the good and to become a tourist instead of a spy in your own life. You know, sometimes it's that we look at certain things like on social media or we'll get like triggered and it will, it will trigger a bad eye. And my teacher, one of my teachers um, just shared this last night in, in a class I was listening to. So I wanted to share that if you know, you're going to get triggered by looking at certain accounts on social media or certain things, it's okay to take a conscious step back and almost put like blinders on to stop looking at other people's lives so much and, and things that might, you know, trigger a bad eye. And then, like as a first step, just taking a step back and then working to develop a good eye through practicing gratitude. Okay, so to sum up, the essence of a good eye is the capacity to see God and the good in all. And this is developed through gratitude. 
recognition of this goodness. We can really enhance our lives and our relationships by choosing to see the events and people in our lives with a good eye. And what's so amazing is that this is a skill anyone can acquire. It just takes practice and repetition. And I think a gratitude journal is a good first step. Okay, thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the class and I look forward to learning with you next week.